1: listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Fantasy Football Rewind.
2: All right folks, it's week 8 and you're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. I am Gene Day you can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Taz. Uh, we will be joined in a minute by Scott the King Angle. Uh, he's having a little trouble getting in, but he will join us shortly. A uh, couple quick notes I want to let you know. Sony Michelle has just been ruled out for this week's game uh, tomorrow night, so definitely make sure he is out of your lineups, as uh, is Xavier Rhodes going to be out tonight uh, in this matchup with New Orleans and Minnesota. Makes that New Orleans passing attack just a little bit juicier. Got to like it a little bit more with Xavier Rhodes on the sidelines watching that game. Uh Some good games today, uh, you know, some good scores out there and finally a week where Todd Gurley isn't the top scoring, uh, player and it not even the top scoring running back this week, something we don't see too often, but we'll get to that in a second. There's a, a few injury notes from today to, to, you know, to be aware of going forward again, uh, Matt Breida got hurt, was limping off the field earlier in the game today, uh, just you know it just can't seem to get it right they need to get this kid healthy let him sit for a week or so and uh, get back to being right because this trying to play every week hurting himself just not doing him or the team any good ah cam how you doing cam hey what's happening Jim uh, you're uh, you're good
3: good buddies with my with my boy Joe Galena.
2: Yes, I am. I like working with Joe. <laughs> so I'm just going over some of the guys that were injured today. Uh, David Johnson at one point went into the concussion tent. Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen an update from him, so I, I, I think he came out and went back to play, but I'm not exactly sure. Uh, George Kittle was also went down for a little while. Marquise Goodwin, man, uh, San Francisco just getting beat up by injury this this year, and yet, uh, you know. What do you think about this? Is this some kind of curse on San Francisco? I mean, everybody on their starting offense has been hurt at one time, another, or for most of the year.
3: Yeah, it feels that way, Jim. I'll tell you, like and you look at them too, the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo and yeah, Kittle came back. He got hurt, but then he came back and no, you just look at this team. They were supposed to be next to the Rams too. They were the team in the West, right? And now they're 1 and 7. How they they blew a big lead to the Cardinals today and the Cardinals get it done at the end of that game. So, if you're San Francisco, you're probably thinking, "Hey, it's where's what, this season can't end enough. Let's go to the draft room and uh, and build it again." But next to the Indianapolis Colts, I got to believe that uh, they've had the worst luck out of any team. I remember watching that Colts game versus the Patriots. I'm like, who, who the hell is on this defense right now? But uh, yeah, yeah, it's really. been very, very difficult for the San Francisco 49ers, and C.J. Beathard, after that uh, really good start, has kind of t- tailed off a little bit. We didn't really expect too much from him, but the thing is, uh, the Cardinals coming back today and beating San Francisco. Really tough loss for San Francisco. They had control of that game and uh, losing to the Cardinals. Uh, not not good. Cardinals now 2-6 and six in that game, but you said it. Next to, I'd say the Colts, or the team that had the uh, the most injury woes but the San Francisco's 49ers beat up with key key components as well
2: and we can't all, we also can't forget Atlanta at least on the defensive side basically their whole starting middle of the defense is has been out for most of the season for them as well and really putting them in the bind uh, you know it, we know injuries are part of the the game it's just the way it goes but when you see one team just get decimated by injuries you know how how do you expect them to put a team on the field every week and you know be competitive it's just hard to do meanwhile you know san francisco like you said couldn't beat arizona today tough one uh here's one that could become something tyreek hill left the game with a groin injury uh we'll have to see watch that during the week and see what they give us uh, as far as how bad that could be whenever you get a groin injury especially for somebody like him is you know a, a fast runner does a lot of cuts uh definitely hard to come back from what's your thoughts on that
3: yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, Hill, Hill, the big uh, deep play threat, too, for Kansas City. That's going to be very very difficult for them. And look, up, look at what uh, Sammy Watkins did, you know. Sammy Watkins has been really been an absolutely stunning story, and the reason why Sammy Watkins is doing so good is because you have Kelsey, you have Hill, you have these positions where he can do his thing over the middle and catch the balls. Now, that's the problem before is when he had to be the big man on campus, the only go-to guy, he was very ineffective. But in that Kansas City offense, he's really, really, you know, get, he's gotten his chance and he can thrive but that's that's horrible because you know uh the big play threats of Tyreek Hill man he could take punts back for touchdowns he could do so many things and once he's gone Nobody's going to catch him. This guy's got world-class track speed for a receiver. So that's bad news for the chefs. Uh, actually, it's funny. The Chiefs are 7-1. and one. Today was the only day they didn't cover the spread, uh, 9 and, a half, and they beat the Broncos by a touchdown. It was a tougher game than Kansas City anticipated today. Great game, though, for, uh, for Sammy Watkins. Eight catches, 107 yards, and two touchdowns, making fantasy owners real happy.
2: Well, you know who else it's going to make real happy? Chris Ventra, because him and Corey had a bet on Friday. Corey told him that if... Watkins scored two touchdowns in this. He, he would let Chris host the Frenzy tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was so,
3: talking about uh, my boy, my boy Morenzi's in the, the carton and friends like big league. And uh, you no, know, there's a lot of big players, big stakes. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of bragging rights around the station there. So uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. These, in, these injury rows, I'll tell you, man, it's just uh, they can make or break it. I told you on my one fantasy team, I was telling Galena, I had no running backs. Like I literally had like Rex Burkhead was out. It's, it's such a deep Deep league with tons of teams. Like I couldn't get anybody, and uh, finally Marlon Mack comes back, and you saw what he did today for the Colts. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's basically saving the season. 25 uh, carries, 132, and two touchdowns. And thank God for Old Man Peterson. Adrian Peterson's been playing great too. Those are my two running backs that I got on my team, and they both lit it up today. So I'm very, very happy that Marlon Mack's back. And uh, what a, what a day for uh, Adrian Peterson. Remember, we were laughing when Washington acquired him. We're like, oh, who the hell's uh, Peterson? Give me a break. You know, we're waiting yeah. for guys, and he gets hurt, and then wow, it's been fantastic. Adrian Peterson's been a revelation for the Skins.
2: Oh, absolutely. He, you know, he's carrying that team for the most part. Chris Thompson's been hurt the last few weeks, and Peterson, even though been hurt, he's been out there playing every week and playing good. Uh, and you know. Pff- it, it, there's not much you can say about him. I was with you. I didn't think much of him coming into the season when they picked him up. I didn't think much of it uh, after what we saw out of him last year. But he has really been running hard and playing well for them so far this year. So it, it's interesting. Let, let, let's get to some of the top plays today. Of course, the top play on the board so far is James Conner. Uh, another great day, 24 rushes, 146 yards, two touchdowns rushing, five receptions, 66 yards, uh, receiving 38.2 fantasy points in PPR. Man, it, this kid is getting it done. What What's your thoughts on James Conner? And, you know, I don't get to talk to you a lot, so I'd like to get your thoughts on not only what James Conner did today, but what's the, what what are your thoughts on what happens when Bell comes back?
3: Well, I don't think it's going to be as easy uh, for I don't think it's going to be as easy for Bell just stepping in there and getting it done. Remember, you know these offensive linemen are blocking for James Conner. He's a cancer survivor. They like him, and he's producing. That's the bottom line. Is this guy has been absolutely monstrous. If I was uh, if I was a, a member of that team, you know what I mean? It's like it's like two totally different guys, Jim. It's like the, the the locker room divided. They still want Bell to come back because he's so damn good. But what can you do with Conner? You can't. You know what I mean? He still has to be a vital part of this offense his numbers are through the roof so i think they're going to slowly acclimate bell back into the offense it's not going to be just instant we'll see what he has to do but i'm scared i'm a james connor owner man and i don't want him to bite into any time i wish they i wish they'd trade him <laughs> that would be great if the steelers would just trade him and get something for him and and stick with connor but i don't think that's going to happen so very very interesting but uh, I, I don't think
2: it's going to be that simple connor's been too effective well what would you say if i told you that Connor through eight games has been better than Bell has at any eight-game stretch in his career. Um, I'd say I'd, I'd say you're correct.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, been, he has. Yeah. He has
2: his first eight games he scored 215.4 fantasy points. The closest Bell has come to that was in 2016 when he scored 194.6 in eight games. Um, at that point Bell only had four touchdowns whereas Connor already has 11. you know what maybe Bell was a part of this system. yeah
3: maybe he was and the, the thing the thing about it is we don't know. What's going on in that locker room? Like the, the think about the lineman blocking for Connor and what he has done, what he has done with his life, what he has done for that team. You talk about better numbers than Bell and a guy who wants to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, whereas another man's kind of like, hey, you know, where's my contract? You're looking for a payday. Very, very interesting stuff. So it's not going to be that simple for Le'Veon Bell just to come in and, and take Connor. Obviously, he's going to take a piece of the pie, but. You can You you got to keep playing Connor as much as you can because he's been that effective. And uh, I'm a Connor owner, Jim. I'm a
2: little bit scared. Please, Bell, stay away. I, I like things the way they are. <laughs> well, you know, there, there's a chance he comes back. Bell comes back, and they just put him on the player exempt list, and he doesn't get to play anyway. Gets his accrued season and moves on. But you're right. If I'm if I'm them right now, I, I would absolutely look to get whatever I could get for him by Tuesday and let him go. Hello? Uh, at this point. Oh, there hey. we go, Scott. Mr. Eichel, the king. Hey. doing, it's Scott? King. Hey, 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 I, King. I how finally, you doing, buddy? I
4: finally get to say hello on air to uh, a, guy, a guy I always love listening to and a total class act, my fellow Seahawk fan, Cam Stewart. How are you doing?
3: Hey, what's up, King? And I'll tell you something. I'm really proud of Seattle, uh... What, what can you say about these guys right now? And, uh, King, you're the fantasy, King. I don't know what to do with the, with the receiving core of Seattle. It seems like a different guy every week right now. And our boy Moore, four catches, 97 and a touchdown. Carson ran his ass off today. Russell Wilson, that's a big road win. Seattle going into Detroit. Hey, Detroit beat the Patriots at home. Now Seattle, four and three. I got to be honest, King, you were more optimistic going into the season than me. And uh, kudos. What a performance by them today on the road as a three-point pooch. They went outright. They dominate.
4: Yeah, they, they uh, you know, I i felt like people were overreacting to the changes. You know, there were still some key pieces there. But, you know, as far as today goes in the receiving crew, I think we clearly know what it is. And You say you can't depend on anybody. You can definitely depend on Tyler Lockett. He's got six touchdown yeah. catches already. You know, David Moore emerges as a sleeper. Uh, Doug Baldwin is not himself because, uh, you know, playing with the two knees. Uh, you for know, sure. he's doing the best he can, and I admire him for it. Uh, Ed Dixon, I don't think, will become a thing. Chris Carson is obviously the lead back. I still think Mike Davis is going to be the goal line guy.
3: I was going to ask you guys before I go any thoughts on this uh, game tonight, there, King, because uh, I think I'm in the minority. I like the Minnesota Vikings.
4: Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with the Vikings tonight. Uh, you know, they are. Uh, I I I think you know there's going to be a shootout. I think. I, you know, they do have a lot of injuries, but the, the Saints don't have much of a defense. Uh, may, maybe, maybe New Orleans has a little bit more of a balance on offense. But uh, I think it's going to be a close game, and I'm going to go with the home team, Cam. It's uh, great to be on with you, Yo. Maybe sometime we'll get to do it again, and I'm glad like that, uh, huh? Glad to see you back.
3: Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Scott, Jim. All the best. Thanks for having me on, guys, and good luck with everything tonight. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys, we got the we got the king here. We got Jim, and we got uh, baseball, football tonight. Great night to be a sports fan. Have a good one, guys. Talk soon. Uh, thanks very much, Cam.
4: Great talking, Cam. All right. Okay, so carry we were just yesterday. talking about.
2: We were just talking about James Conner, and you know, I was telling Cam that uh, Conner has had a better first eight-game start to his season than Bell has ever had. Uh, Bell, his closest season, is still 20 points behind where James Conner is so far. So maybe Bell isn't the greatest running back everybody's ever seen. Maybe it's part of the system.
4: I don't think you can take away what Bell accomplished by saying it's just a system. Uh I think it speaks a lot that James Conner is just a very talented back too. It's uh, you know I don't think you can just put any running back in the system necessarily, and they're going to excel like that. Uh, you know I, I I bristle when people say oh you can put anybody into that system you know and then they'll do well. It's uh, yeah I don't I don't think it's like but, the two, the Denver Broncos was, with a Landis Gary and stuff like that. I I think I think it's a testament. Yeah I think it's a testament how talented. James Conner is as well and you know what a job of scouting that that the Steelers do the first reaction is like when we had week one though you know why do you need levy on why do they need levy on bell back well from an NFL perspective they think they need levy on bell back because then they have two running backs that can really like destroy opposing defenses and they keep each other fresh you don't want to hear that from a fantasy perspective no, but you don't. if Bell comes back at some point, you have two guys that can share the load and really, really overwork defenses. It, it, it becomes a real advantage for Pittsburgh when you have two outstanding running backs.
2: Yeah, but it becomes an advantage as long as the team is behind the concept. If this offensive line is really that PO'd at... Bell and don't really want to play for him. Maybe it doesn't lead to a positive outcome. And also, wow. you know, what well, do you? Wait, do... A wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a Wait, wait Just hear me out. Wait, wait. Just hear okay. me out for a second. What, right. what about, what about, what, what it does to the psyche of young James Conner, who's having, you know, a, a phenomenal start to the season. He wants to blow it out because he's doing so well. He wants to get a full season's worth of this. What does it do to the psyche of him knowing he's going to be a starter next year? Well,
4: first off, you know, what are the team going to do? They're not going to whiff on blocks and let Le'Veon Bell get tackled. They want to win football games. There's there's nothing they can do. You know, it's, you know, James Conner has already proven that he can be the guy. I think it's up to the coaching staff and Tomlin, et cetera, to decide, okay, you know, are we punishing Le'Veon for holding out and making him, like, kind of sit behind James Conner and maybe get only 30% of the touches. But whatever the team, whatever the coaching staff decides here, and the organization, the players have that no choice but to get behind it.
2: Well, yeah, right. No, I, I agree. They don't have a choice. Doesn't mean they have to get behind it. They don't have a choice what happens, but they don't have to get behind it. They have um, to get behind it. What are they going to do?
4: Are they going is, is somebody going to like miss a block on purpose? No, they want to win football games.
2: Yeah, but there's a there's different levels of play. We know that we've seen that in the past. Players, you know, play exceptionally well with people they like, and not so much when it's not people they like. I just i, I don't i, think I don't believe that.
4: Cancer. I don't i don't think professional players think like that. They want to win football games. If you don't like the guy, it doesn't matter when you're between the lines with him and he's on the same team. You want your team to win football
2: games. Period.
4: So you're concerned, still
2: concerned about Connor's outcome when Bell comes back.
4: I think from a fantasy perspective, I am, but uh, that's about it. You know, from an NFL perspective, it really challenges opponents. Take us to the bridge.
2: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, this is Fantasy Game game Day Rewind.
5: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app 844-
4: Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. Thanks for uh, Cam Stewart for stepping in for the first statement there. And, uh, you know, really appreciate Cam. Good to be on with him. And uh, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at MyBookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. That's the promo code FNTSY upon sign up. And choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag ag promo code FNTSY. Todd Gurley today with another fantastic day. He's expected 25 carries, 114 yards, and uh, six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, how about Marvin Jones today? Uh, you know the the uh, the Lions never really got close in this game. They did lead early at one point, but once Seattle took the lead, they didn't look, they didn't look back. Uh, winning 28 to 14. Uh, I believe this game did hit the under as I predicted. I think the over, under over under was 44, and it was 42. So hopefully, uh, you bet for me via the window. If you did, you know, send me uh, send me a salt <laughs> bagel or something. Uh, seven
2: catches well, for 100. I'll take a bagel too because I said that they would. The Green Bay would cover the spread.
4: <laughs> okay, there you go. I didn't get to that yet, but uh, you know, pat on the back is good at any time. Marvin Jones with his best game of the year, seven catches for 117 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they actually moved him around a lot and uh, you know, was to be able to take advantage of some blown coverages in the secondary. At one point an injury to uh, Bradley McDougal, the starting safety of the, the Seahawks. Stafford and uh, Jones took advantage of that, took advantage of a breakdown in the secondary, but you really can't count on Jones for production this year.
2: Uh, it's been very up and down and inconsistent. And, and again, you know, uh, Stafford, you know, uh, it, it, he got a lot of garbage production at the end of the game. But, you know, Seattle's defense was all over him pretty much all game. And, you know, really, uh, man, they, they they may not be the Legion of Boom anymore, but they're not as bad off as everybody keeps touting them to be.
4: Yeah, it's – uh. Like said, Cam and I said uh, during the preseason. During uh, the preseason, people may have overrated the impact of some of these changes here. They've now won three of their last four. Uh, Mike Evans, six catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Had to leave late with what appeared to be uh, a hamstring injury. So uh, you know that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. But you know this game also uh, notable for the uh, the benching. Of Jameis Winston late in the return of Ryan Fitzpatrick to nearly send the game to overtime, but uh, you know Evans, uh, you know, with a huge game here, best game of his career uh, of the season, and uh, remains an RB one. Marlon Mack continuing to establish himself as uh, you know maybe an RB one when you look at uh, when you look at the fact that past the, the top eight or nine running backs, you can pretty much shuffle them up. But uh, Marlon Mack with his best game of the year, 132 rushing yards, two touchdowns in two carries for 17 yards. He has rushed for 258 yards and three touchdowns in his last two games. I don't expect think anybody expected Mack to be this good. And the more admirable part about it was is we were kind of like not feeling him this week because – or not recommending him because he was playing with an ankle injury. But that's the thing with injuries. You know – does often pay to be cautious, but every player seems to have a different pain threshold. I always harken back to Brian Westbrook would be listed as questionable all the time, and then he'd play through it. But a lot of times with an ankle injury, I don't think you can kick yourself if you benched him because a lot of times with an ankle injury, a running back will not play this well. It, it makes you admire Marlon Mack more, though, and you know have him locked in at least as a high RB2 going forward.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And and like you said, it was so hard to trust him coming in. He didn't get much practice time either. You know, all, all concern, no doubt about it. And and then, of course, he comes out and has a game like this. Just not something we see a lot. Uh, but, you know, again, it really comes down to pain tolerance, what they can live with, what they can't live with. And, you know, he's showing that he wants to be in that RB1 consideration, uh, you know, for the rest of the season. And the last three weeks are, are really starting to show what, what he's made of.
4: Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Hume-Himes got there a little bit, but he's clearly running back number two in this mix. Joe Mixon with the expected big day, 21 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 15 yards. Right now, he's a locked-in RB1. Tyler Boyd, I predicted he would bounce back today, and he did. Nine catches for 138 yards and a touchdown. This guy is uh, definitely uh, cemented as a, as a, in, during a breakout year as a, as a, a high-end wide receiver or at least mid-range wide receiver, too.
2: Oh, I think he's a high-end wide receiver, too, the way he's playing. I mean, he had the dud last week, but Dalton was just a dud. His whole offense was a dud last week. It just seems to be those primetime games that they just don't come to, together. And, uh, you know, we saw them bounce back this week and almost lose the game, though. Like you said, with, with Fitzpatrick coming in, he, he really spurred Tampa Bay back uh, real close. But, you know, Cincinnati was able to hold on. But, uh, you know, this is... This is a team that's just playing good football pretty much. This was a great matchup for them against Tampa Bay, and uh, Tyler Boyd just put on a show.
4: Yeah, he certainly did. And uh, Cam Newton today, another strong performance, 21 of 29, uh high completion percentage for Cam today. Something you don't always see, 219 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 10 carries for 52 yards. How many times have we talked about that? You know, there is no real, true shutdown defense in the NFL right now. And people were scared about, about Cam Newton playing against the Ravens at home. And, you know, the team scored 36 points. Not even the Ravens are a shutdown defense.
2: No, yeah, right. We we talk about it every week, you know, just when it looked like Chicago was going to be that they they're not doing it. Jacksonville started out that way. They're not doing it lately. Uh you know, the the, the offenses are just getting too high powered and you know, I I think all of the new Rules and penalties are playing into that a little bit. Guys are a little hesitant to put the big hits on. They're, you know, slowing down when they're trying to hit people. I think all of that comes into play here. And we're just seeing so much offense that, you know, I don't care how good the defenses are, offenses are going to put points up. All
4: right. Help me figure this one out. Uh, Derek Carr. I believe Chris Mitchell of Roto Experts predicted he was going to have a good week. Uh, you know, credit to him. It's, uh, you you strip him of his best receiver and what we think is best receiver and he has his best game of the year, 244 passing yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions.
2: Uh, I I don't get it. And then not only that, you know, Jordy Nelson contributes one catch for 14 yards on four targets. Uh, Martavis Bryant doesn't even get targeted. You know, Jared cook, like you mentioned this morning, was a great play today uh, being Cooper gone. And that, that worked out, Um, you know, Jalen Richard ended up having a decent game. Uh, Seth Roberts even got in the end zone. But, uh, you know, Brandon LaFell got in the end zone. All these names that, you know, really weren't on anybody's radars uh, just played a part in this. Meanwhile, Jordy Nelson, Martavis Bryant, nothing.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we'll get into some of that uh, a little bit later. But uh, Derek Carr, not anything you can count on going forward. Jared Goff, uh, he finally... Didn't get robbed for touchdowns today. Uh, 295 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And uh, how about the performance of Adrian Peterson today? He's now rushed for over 95 yards in five of his past seven games. I'll say it again. You know, he doesn't run with the same power and authority he used to, but he's still got great vision. There's some speed there. There's some elusiveness. And 26 carries for 149 yards and a touchdown. And also a receiving touchdown against the Giants today. Adrian Peterson, the guy is just a marvel.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm with you. You know, I definitely had my doubts coming into the season when they picked him up with Geis when got injured. Uh, After what we saw last year, just didn't expect anything from him. And he is – look, I just keep saying it. He's out to prove a point that he's not done, and he's absolutely proven that point. As badly as he is banged up, every week he comes out here and puts these good numbers up. And, you know, uh, there's not much you could say. He's showing that he – He's still, you know, gotten enough talent to play in this league and play well, and there's not much else you can say about it.
4: Yet another running back who dispelled the age-old fantasy myth of that running backs are done at age 30.
2: Yeah, right, and, and and you know what, it it's going to be the case because these guys are just getting bigger, faster, stronger each and every year, and you know, I think all those old myths that we took for granted are now going to start to fall by the wayside, and that's one of them. Look, we got Frank Gore still playing at a pretty good level at thirty-five, uh, so yeah, I, I think that's going to go away.
4: Yeah, I remember Curtis Martin and Tiki Barber were among those guys that, you know, helped dispel that myth. Now, I remember, we had this conversation last week. Can you cut Larry Fitzgerald? And you said, I don't know if I want to do it. I'm, I'm kind of fearful to do it. And then uh, and you prove it right because he catches eight balls for 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, then he's got a bye, and he faces Kansas City and Oakland.
2: Yeah, it, he's just, you know, he's been so good to me over the years. I just had a real hard time getting rid of him. He's one of those guys. You know, we, we all have those biases that – the. Players that we really like and players we don't like. And, you know, he's always been good to me. And it was just hard to let him go. And I'm glad to see him finally get a a part of this and finally have a good, strong week. And, of course, I didn't drop him.
4: (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's let's stop tying our emotions into this. You you know better than that, Taz, okay? Uh, Stop tying our emotion into this. You know, is this an illusion? Is he going to go back to being mediocre? Is it a thing where he's finally healthy now?
2: Well, it, you know, they took him, finally took him off the injury report earlier in the week, so that, that's a good sign right there that he's healthy. Uh, you know, I, I think we didn't see as much from David Johnson, we'll probably talk about that a little later, that we had hoped to, uh, especially in the passing game, but he was definitely a little bit more involved. They moved him around, shifted him outside. All the things that, you know, Bruce Arians did, it, it didn't all come to fruition this week, first week with Byron Leftwood but I definitely liked the signs going forward, and I think he, he helped. This offense, he helps these guys in fantasy for us as well.
4: Pat Mahomes with four touchdown passes, one interception, three hundred three passing yards. Right now, he's uh, he's the the third quickest guy to twenty five touchdown passes in his career, trailing only Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Uh, Brady was two thousand seven, Manning was
2: two thousand thirteen. Yeah, four more touchdowns today, twenty six passes. You know. Alex Smith had a really good year last year. He had as much, as many touchdown passes the entire year as Pat Mahomes has had through eight games.
4: Yeah, this guy could be on pace for 50 here. Antonio Brown, six catches, 74 yards, two touchdowns. That's why he's Antonio Brown. Carson Wentz this morning, 286 passing yards, three touchdowns, and uh, two turnovers. An uneven performance for Wentz. Uh, but you know you have to remember he missed the whole preseason here, and it looks like he's rounding into form here. Uh, this was his second three touchdown game in uh, in his last three outings.
2: Yeah, no, and again against his you know what was once a very powerful Jacksonville defense that has really been giving it up for the last four weeks. Uh, you know, look, Wentz has some good players around him you know zach Hertz uh starting you know getting dallas goddard involved a little bit i like to see that uh but you know alshon jeffrey he's got some good weapons around him and like you said he's really starting to get into that range of play that we saw from him last year and it you know it's a good time right now what they need to do is they need to find a running back before tuesday because he's not on the roster
4: russell wilson 14 of 17 uh 10 completions to open the game which was a career best uh only 248 passing yards but for the third consecutive game he threw three touchdown passes you know talk about efficiency uh yeah. <laughs> you know the guy doesn't have a 300 yard game this year yet he has nine touchdown passes and no interceptions in his last three games if uh you know if if you 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 feel you can't rely on somebody a quarterback uh like it's it's the interesting thing is this is not based on volume whatsoever
2: yeah not at all it's just like you said pure efficiency you know when you throw complete only 14 passes three of them are touchdowns that's a great day uh, you know 14 out of 17 great completion percentage hey he's Russell Wilson i'd still love to see him run some more give you that nice baseline for fantasy That's not happening, but if he continues to throw three touchdowns a week, I don't think anybody's going to be worried about it. Look, this is the same trend we've seen from him before. He gets off to an early, slow start. Second half of the season, he goes bananas. You know what? He's in his bananas mode now. He's uh, on way to, you know, you can't sit him from here uh, forward, I don't think.
4: It's a different bananas mode, though. There's not volume. It is, absolutely it is. It's not as much volume, and uh, there's not as much passing yardage and rushing yardage as in the past, from a pure NFL perspective, it's very impressive, you know, because they they find, find – Brian Schottenheimer is actually find to my surprise, is fine-tuned the offense to where he wants it to be. Once again, they rush for 100 yards. That's four consecutive games, and they're, they're throwing the ball like uh, 58% of the time right now, yet he's still getting all these touchdown passes. You wonder if – You know, if, you know, this this type of touchdown efficiency can keep up, but he's just, he's destroying opponents with play-action passing.
2: Well, and that, you know, that part comes into it because they get out to a quick early lead. He doesn't have to throw so much. They ground it out. Uh, You know, Chris Carson running well right now. Uh, You know, Mike Davis is, is a nice secondary guy to have. And, you know, why not run the game, run the game, keep the game slow, play it to your strengths, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, Russell Wilson, he's just too good a ball player to keep down.
4: Yep. Uh, Andrew Luck, uh, 22-31, 239 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Miss on Trubisky in a game that was a little bit affected by weather, 220 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But six rushes for 54 yards, and, you know, this guy is a lock stock QB1 every week. If this is going to be his floor, you got to be fine with it.
2: Yeah, like you said, especially in those crazy wins, he still ends up putting a, uh, good numbers. I mean, helped by a nice 70-yard 70, 70 touchdown pass that he actually threw for about 10 yards. But it doesn't matter how it comes. It comes. You know, Tariq Cohen wasn't even touched on that screen pass that he took for 70 yards. And you got to love plays like that. And, you know, in, in the wind, those are the kind of plays you need to have happen. And like you said, if this is his floor, he's locked in as a QB1 going forward. This offense is clicking.
4: Odell Beckham Jr. uh, remains a bright spot for you Giant fans. Eight catches, 136 yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got in the end zone uh, twice today, making up for lost time. He only had 56 yards from scrimmage, but it was really, really good to see for his owners that he got in the end zone twice.
2: Yeah, especially in this game. A lot of people worry about starting him against Baltimore. And, you know, some people even sat him this week. And he just goes to show you that, you know, he, he's got too much talent to sit. He's one of those guys you just can't sit. He can score at any time.
4: And you mentioned Chris Carson, 25 carries for 105 yards and one touchdown. Uh, you know, the guy is, uh, he's got really good vision. He uh, he makes people miss. He's got good cutback, good body lead, etc. cetera, can push the pile. He's going to remain Seattle's number one running back, it seems. Uh, there's, there's no room for Rashad Penny at all. I don't think he got a single rep today. All right, lots more to come up, talking about next uh, on the Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here evening. on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. And uh, we talked about it this morning, Scott, uh, Jim.
2: Yeah, you're Scott. It, I'm Jim. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. They, uh, used to work with other Scots sometimes. Andy Dalton today. 280 passing yards. Two touchdowns. No interceptions. Uh, last week was a dud in a good matchup. This week it was eh in a good matchup. And this is why you can't trust Andy Dalton as a fantasy starter.
2: Yeah, you know, expecting more against this Tampa Bay defense. But, again, you brought this up last week that, you know, the change with the coordinator, you know, it, it does something to a team. It usually gives them a little bit of a boost. And we've been seeing a little bit of that. But, you know, 280 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. So, you know, you get a 20 points out of them. not what you expected in this matchup, but enough to carry. If you had to run, you didn't get killed by him.
4: Philip Lindsay uh, did what we thought he would, uh, 95 rushing yards and a touchdown, 17 receiving yards. Saquon Barkley keeps cruising along to the tune of nine catches for 73 yards, but 13 carries for 38 yards. It's almost like he's a Giants, uh, you know, best number two wide receiver here rather than a running back. He's, he, he, statistically, he's looking very Reggie Bush-like.
2: Yeah, well, that's just what he's taking, what the you know defenses are giving him. Look, Washington's rush defense is very good. Uh, They've limited some of the best runners in the league this year to small numbers, so that really doesn't bother me. I expected him to do his damage in the short passing game, and that's exactly what he did. And, you know, for fantasy owners, we'll take that every time. 20 points, 20 points, I'll take it no matter how I get it. Uh, Would I like to see him rush for 100 yards every game? Sure, but I, I don't care if he doesn't as long as he keeps catching eight, seven eight nine balls a game
4: travis kelsey the best tight end in fantasy football six catches for 79 yards and a touchdown blake bortles this morning uh bad first half good second half 286 passing yards one touchdown no interceptions uh not a lot of turnovers for him so uh i guess that's good but uh really really he was he seemed like he was quite timid out there today
2: yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get from him every week. You don't know which receivers are going to step up every week. Uh, you know, at least he got you 43 yards on the ground as well. You take those bonus points, however you can get them from rushing QBs, gives you that nice safe floor to work, to start off with. Uh, so as long as he continues to do that, he has some value. But you're right; it's just hard to trust him. You don't know what's going to go on in this uh, this offense at all. And man, I don't know if you want to get into it now, but I. Man, this whole Carlos Hyde thing is just throwing me for a freaking loop. I can't figure it out.
4: Yeah, six carries for 11 yards for Hyde today. And, uh, you know, he started, and then he had nine car- catches for 73 yards for TJ Yeldon. And uh, we we were all confused about this Carlos Hyde thing. I went, uh, you know, why did they get him if Fournette's going to come back in week 10? But then he only had six carries for 11 yards. So, you maybe they just picked him up for depth and, uh and uh, the Browns wanted to get rid of him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, maybe it'll become clear as the season goes on. But right now, it just doesn't make a. Hell. They paid a lot, gave up a lot for him. Just doesn't make any sense.
4: Well, they can't trust Tide to stay healthy, and they can't trust uh, Yeldon to run the ball. So that's the only way that. Uh, you know, it makes sense for me. They re- Carlos, uh, TJ Yeldon is not dependable as a ball carrier. So if Fournette, the one way it makes sense for me is they know Fournette can't stay healthy. So it's almost like a fantasy football player running the team. Well, I know this guy can't stay healthy. You know, I might as well get a good handcuff here. Because if Fournette goes out, it's going to be a combination maybe of Hyde running the ball and Yeldon catching the ball. So from that perspective, I don't know if that was their intent, but from that perspective, it does make sense, Jim.
2: No, no, I, I get it. But, that, man, it, there should have been somebody else they could have gotten that wouldn't have cost him so much. For yeah. that, if, they're, if that's their only purpose is a handcuff, there could have been somebody else. It just, it, man, $5 million – the rest of his contract for this year i i'm pretty sure they could probably get out of the contract next year or the year after but you know the balance of five million this year plus the trade the draft picks that they traded it just man, it, it confusing the heck out of me
4: yeah i think it confused a lot of people because there was a report this morning that they expected Fournette back by week 10 uh David Moore, we were talking about him a little bit earlier, four catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. You know, this guy uh, took over for Brandon Marshall and has become uh, a real big (laughs) big downfield threat. And, uh, (laughs) you you, you know, some some nifty catches today.
2: He did. He looked good. Uh, Man. like you said, he took over for Brandon Marshall, doing what we expected Brandon Marshall to do—not much around the field, but get him close to that end zone. And we figured he'd be scoring touchdowns. Well, I, that has definitely turned out to be David Moore doing that now, and uh, he—he's he, got to be on fantasy wire, wire waivers next week.
4: Yeah, right now in ESPN, he's only owned in two point seven percent of leagues, and I've been telling people to pick him up for weeks.
2: Yeah, well, I guess people nobody don't plays to me on ESPN. <laughs>
4: I, I guess, I guess, I I guess it's more that only two point seven percent of people who play in ESPN leagues listen to my show.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's yeah, that's what it is. It's uh, you know, I read my articles. Yeah, they're, they're we're not their target audience. <laughs> they're not ours. Uh, you yeah. know, they're they're listening to Michael Fabiano and guys like that and Field Yates.
4: Okay, Kareem Hunt uh, sound a little. <laughs> Detection of jealousy there.
2: Oh, uh, uh, no, no jealousy. I just, it just, yeah. I, I can't listen to those guys. I don't know how anybody else can.
4: <laughs> oh, come on, don't do that. <laughs> All right, um, uh, Kare- Kareem Hunt uh, today. You know the kind of the performance you expect: uh, sixteen for fifty rushing, but uh, five for thirty-six receiving and a touchdown, and maybe the most impressive run of the year that I saw. Ah, uh, his touchdown run was on a fourth and one, and he actually leaped over a defender and then trucked everybody else into the end zone.
2: Yeah, that was definitely a nice run. a uh, uh, nice little hurdle there, and then and then bully everybody else in. Uh, pff, you, you know, we we were concerned about him early in the season. He just wasn't getting the usage we were, we were expecting, especially after last year. Well, all those expectations, all those worries, I, I should say, are gone.
4: Yeah, it certainly looks like that. You know, he started out slow last year, too. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 11 of 15, 194 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. A disastrous day for Jameis Winston, especially if you used him in daily. And that's the danger with Jameis Winston. So much volume for this offense. But both these quarterbacks are turnover prone. It's just... Fitzpatrick, I guess, is more exciting to people because there is no expectations. Fitzpatrick can easily turn around and he can can throw four interceptions next week, but now all of a sudden he's going to be a pickup if he ends up starting next week because there's so much volume for that Tampa Bay passing game.
2: And they have such good wide receivers. so Let's face facts. I mean, Winston actually threw a real nice pass to Deshaun Jackson today, get, getting that nice long touchdown, something he has been terrible at since he's come back this year. So, you know, at least that was a good sign. But then right after that, he he just started throwing to the guys in the other color jersey way more than his own.
4: Jack Doyle returned today, six catches, 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Eric Ebron also had a beautiful touchdown reception. But this is going to be a timeshare now like it was earlier in the season. Uh, you know, uh, Ebron's time as a top-five fantasy tight end appears to be over now because you know both of these guys, I think if you have either one of them, you have to pretty much start them every week because of the state of tight end uh, in a lot of cases. Although tight end is not as desolate as... We make it out to be where it's like sometimes when you think you can only rely on eight guys. If you don't have a top ten if you don't have a top ten tight end or like a top maybe nine tight end, uh you can rely on these guys pretty much every week, but you know, it's it's good it's gonna give you a little bit of agina, but you know, the way I see it working out is pretty much like it did today, uh, is that Doyle is probably gonna be the one to catch more passes and Ebron is gonna be the bigger touchdown threat.
2: Just like it started in the beginning of the year. Couldn't agree yep. more.
4: All right, okay. I laid down the law there. All right, Josh Reynolds with uh, three catches for, four, for 42 yards, but two of them were touchdowns. Uh, I don't see any trend developing here, though. Too, we really don't know if Cooper Cup is going to come back or not next week. But uh, you know, nothing you can depend on here. I don't think.
2: Yeah, I I agree. It's very hard to get behind this. We expected, you know, everybody expected Josh Reynolds to be the guy last week that was going to get involved. Didn't do anything this week, you know. But again, when when you're getting somebody who has the two touchdowns, it always looks nice. But then when you looked at, he only had three receptions. Very hard to trust.
4: All right, Uh, A.J. Green today, five catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, five catches for 133 yards. He keeps it going. Tariq Cohen, as we said today, you know, that sort of weather, a catch and run, you know, might be uh, might be what we would see from a guy like Cohen. He had a 70-yard catch and run for a touchdown, uh, 110 yards from scrimmage. Tariq Cohen has scored double figures in four consecutive games right now in a PPR league. You know, this guy can score it for anywhere on the field uh he is he's clearly taking over the Bear, as the bears number one running back and also he is uh he's an RB1 right now in fantasy PPR leagues.
2: Oh, absolutely getting it done. And you know, this was with him only catching one ball today. Uh he, he still got you uh, 18 fantasy points. So, you know, that the one catch is an aberration in and of itself, but probably more a byproduct of the, the crazy wind that we talked about this morning. And, you know, definitely not something you, you, you think uh, will happen too often going forward. He's just too big a part of this game plan
4: now. T.J. Moore with five catches for 90 yards and two rushes for 39 yards. Is the rookie starting to turn a corner, Jim?
2: Hey, well, you got to love, you know, this kind of game, five catches for 90 yards. Great game. You love to see that, you know, six targets in this one. Uh, You know, they were without Torrey Smith, so it opened up a little bit of a door for him. And, you know, they love his talent. Uh, Still making some mistakes, though, Uh, you know, I think it's you know maybe a little bit of a start. I'm just not sure it's going to be you know he's not going to be a guy you can count on each and every week. But as we get into like week nine and week eleven, where you have six teams on by, he might become a you know a viable asset.
4: Jared Cook four catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. It's his uh, it's his third double figure performance of the season. But you're talking in six games in. Uh... In the previous in games, previous to, to this week, he had nine total fantasy points. I almost want to say trade Jared Cook if you can right now. If he got another viable tight end,
2: no, I, you know I agree. He's hard to count on each and every week, and those are the kind of players. When they have a good week, you, you want to try and move them. There's a lot of people trying to get ready for that stretch run, get ready for the playoffs. They may be looking at this guy as one they can trust going forward. I don't trust him, so that makes him a great you know sell candidate.
4: Yeah, if you have like say O.J. Howard and uh, and Jared Cook, I'd I'd definitely be trying to move Jared Cook.
2: I agree. I agree.
4: Yeah, actually, I do have that situation. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Stafford today, uh, two three hundred ten passing yards, two touchdowns, and two turnovers. Right now, Stafford's not even playing like a QB one in fantasy. The numbers aren't awful, but there's not a lot of volume there, and uh, he has yet to throw uh, more than two touchdown passes since week two.
2: Yeah, no, he is definitely curtailed. He's he's very hard to trust right now. Uh, he did end up attempting 40 passes in this, trying to catch up. But, uh, again, this the Seahawks defense shut him down for the most part uh, pretty much significantly all day. The, the end numbers don't look so bad, but uh, definitely the, if you watch the game, the numbers don't really com- compare to how, how he actually played disappointing
4: performance of Ben Roethlisberger, 257 passing yards two touchdowns one interception against Cleveland
2: uh yeah you know Cleveland's defense is playing well if only they can get that offense on track it might be a different story and you know all of the rumors this morning where you know Todd Haley was on the you know the, the chopping block and he may like be let go and you know before they get rid of Todd Haley I think they need to start start from the top and get rid well, of before the you start guy. talking
4: about Todd Haley, I was asking you what you made of Ben Roethlisberger's performance.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. You know, we expect more from Ben at home. Uh, Juju Smith, another you know disappointing day. Uh, just hasn't been the same last few weeks. Uh, you know, Ben. Wow, you so down on him. You took away part of his last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Juju Smith Schuster. Okay, makes you feel happy. Um, but you say juju i'm pretty sure everybody knows who you're talking about not too many guys named juju in the nfl um <laughs> so you know ben yeah it just it, he didn't look right today uh i don't know what to make of it definitely expected more of him you know at home against this defense he should have been able to put up more very disappointing day uh there's not a lot you can add to it we we expected more. I mean, but, you know, when Connor is playing so well, runs in two touchdowns, you know, it takes away a little bit of the forcefulness that Ben has to apply to the position.
4: O.J. Howard today, as we were talking about, four catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. He's really breaking out in this second year. He has, he has double-figure outings in five of his last six games, and in that one game where he didn't have any points, it was because he got injured.
2: Yeah, no, he's definitely establishing himself as a, a pure tight end one that you can start every week and, you know, have a, a faith in. You know, of course, there's going to be some down weeks every while, but that happens to every single tight end out there. Look at Travis Kelsey, week one, didn't do anything. It happens. Uh, but he is definitely, he's established himself as a guy who most weeks is going to get you those double-digit points.
4: The Green Bay running game is something we haven't been able to depend on. We say they're a pass-first team and they have a committee, but yet, 12 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown today for Aaron Jones. Uh, To me, this is a mirage. You know, you had a nice long touchdown run. But uh, mostly coming into this game, I I was thinking Aaron Jones is not even rosterable because you just can't predict when he might have a good game. If I could sell him for anything this week, I would.
2: And and I'm right there with you. I mean, you know, the the whole storyline has always been that he doesn't pass block as well as Uh, Williams does, and that's why Williams gets more snaps uh, and more touches because of that. And, you know, meanwhile, Uh, Pro football focus actually has Aaron Jones rated higher than Williams as a pass protector so far this season. So it's kind of interesting that if they have him rated higher, how come McCarthy's not seeing this? Because it's obvious he's the better running back on the team. So if he's doing a good enough job at pass protecting, they should be getting him more touches. You know, today he did get the long touchdown, but you can't count on that every week. He needs to see more touches for them to be more effective.
4: Yeah, but as we often say, though, fantasy players hope for this. And, you know, like with Kerry and Johnson, was wanting him to get more carries. You know, hoping doesn't make it happen. This team has decided what their game flow is going
2: to be. And you're right. Then, you know, it should cost them a game.
4: All right. Uh, how did not running the ball cost them the
2: game? No, if they could run the ball more effectively and, you know, keep the – Los Angeles off the field.
4: Yeah, well, they
2: might have had a chance.
4: I think maybe points to the defense too. A lot of other reasons there. Coming, coming up next. Do have we not been giving Deshaun Jackson his proper proper respect? That's coming up next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on the Fantasy Football Rewind.
1: To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. we. Fantasy Football Rewind.
4: Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Week Eight, recapping. We're we'll rewinding. With Scott Ingle the King and <laughs> it, it, and uh and the fantasy Taz. Well what does the fantasy Taz sound like?
2: <laughs>
4: there you go. All right. I don't know what that end noise is. It's but uh, somebody
2: It's a raspberry. I
4: gotta, yeah, I gotta I gotta wipe my screen off now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh Deshaun Jackson today. Uh Three catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. You know, I kept saying this guy's boomer bust. He's boomer bust. You know, it's. Uh... But this, and he can't depend on this. Get rid of him if he has a good game. I've said all the negative things about Deshaun Jackson. He can never depend on him, probably at this point of his career. And, you know, if you look between week three and week seven, he didn't score a touchdown, but. He still put up numbers. He has one game this year in which he doesn't have double-figure PPR performances. I've been wrong about Deshaun Jackson, and he's going to continue to be a good wide receiver three, especially if Ryan Fitzpatrick reclaims his starting job.
2: No, I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, he's always been that that way with him all his career. Even Philadelphia, you know, he's either got those big plays or he didn't do much. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys that I consider much better, uh, a much better best ball drafty than season long when you have to try and figure out what weeks to, to start him. But like you said, he's been fairly consistent this year. Uh, even with Winston in there, you know, Winston is the one who threw him the touchdown today. It wasn't Fitzpatrick. So finally, you know, that that was one. He threw him another one a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, he's had enough to be viable most weeks, and that's all you can ask for anybody.
4: All right, uh, Aaron Rodgers today, two hundred eighty-six passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, a worse day statistically than Blake Bortles today. This was very, very disappointing. It was close. This was his second worst performance of the year. But uh, next week at New England, uh, you think he would rebound? Then he's got Miami too. But uh, you can't overreact to this. You know, right? it certainly wasn't in anything health related. It's. Uh, you know, just it, 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 he did throw the ball enough. It's just the it team was relying a little
2: bit more on the run today. Uh yeah, it, man, it it was just weird. Uh, uh, you know, Allison was back. He didn't really do much in this one. Valdez Scantling got involved, scored the touchdown. Uh, you know, it, it was just weird all the way across the board. The, the Green Bay defense played great to start the game, and then the Rams started coming back. Uh, We started to see them start to roll, but as they started to roll, their defense started to shut down Green Bay. So, you know, it just not what we expected from Aaron Rodgers, but basically, I I think it's what Vegas was thinking they were seeing. And, you know, if you were thinking about the Vegas line of eight points this morning, they actually would have covered that if at the end of the game they would have run that last touchdown in instead of having Gurley lay down uh, to stop the game basically so that they could kneel down and and finish the game out with a two-point win instead of going for the touchdown. That would have covered.
4: Yeah, Bob, that ticked a lot of people off. I'm sure uh, it did. I'm sure it did. Yes. (laughs) Greg Olson today, four catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. He has scored two consecutive games here. He may not be 100% healthy, but, uh, you know, he certainly still has the trust of of, of Greg Olson.
2: And, and also Cam Newton. Um, so, yeah, he, he does have yeah, the respect of yeah. both of those he guys.
4: himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: but, yeah, no, I agree. You, you know, he's been there so long. Cam knows him so well. Uh, like I said, still not 100%, still not moving you know, the way that he used to, so he's no longer, you know, a threat to be a thousand yard tight end. But it, get him in that red zone, and Cam is going to look for him.
4: Case Keenum today, 262 passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Start your defenses against the Denver Broncos. Case Keenum is the only quarterback in the NFL this, this year to have an interception in every game, and he plays Houston again, although it will be a revenge game for Case Keenum next week.
2: True, and, and he also fumbled today, so yeah, not only the one interception, he also had the fumble. Uh, you know, Ed, look, Kay, Case Keenum, he's already shown himself he's not going to be their quarterback of the future. They need to keep looking. I think at some point John Elway has got to decide who else could be the guy in there that scouts quarterbacks because it obviously can't be him.
4: Uh, I think Elway was just looking at the state of it. And he goes, okay, what's, what's the least worst that's out there? Keenum, yeah. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor. Who else do we have? Oh boy! Uh, I guess we'll sign. We'll get Keenum. We should have got Alex Smith though. Uh, K- Karian Johnson, and that shows. That shows you the state of quarterback when Alex Smith is the best that's out there. Carrier Johnson's interesting performance today. Only eight carries for twenty-two yards, but he had six catches for sixty-nine yards. Uh, you know, some nice catches and runs today. Uh, not a lot of upside, but uh, you know the. This was his. Uh, this was the worst rushing performance that we've seen from uh, seen from Kerryon Johnson pretty much all season. If you you, know, you take a since the season opener, eight carries for 22 yards for a guy that was averaging I would think just around six yards a pop. But you know it showed. It, he got these passes because Theo Riddick was out, but also it speaks to his versatility. And if Riddick's going to continue to miss time, it gives him something of a floor.
2: No, yeah, I actually love to see this. Uh, you know, this is the one thing that we haven't really seen enough of him being involved in the passing game, and it was good to see him, you know, not only be a part of it, to, but to be so successful at it. Uh, you know, love to see that more going forward. But you're right, once Theo Riddick comes back, that probably goes back to being his job because he's done it so long and so well. Uh, but it is good to see that, you know, Carrion is this kind of flexible guy that we were hoping he would be.
4: Adam Humphreys today, seven catches for 76 yards. Uh, yeah, we of all that saw James- that coming. Yeah, well, James Winston does like throwing Adam Humphreys. Uh, he did have an 82-yard game two weeks ago, but Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't look his way at all.
2: Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely have their favorites each, for each one, definitely a different one, and Humphreys for Fitzpatrick is just a zero.
4: Yeah, nothing out of Chris Godwin today other nothing than a two-point yeah. two, two conversion of what we thought was really going to be a good matchup. It seems like with the deepest this receiving core is, though, one guy always gets ignored every week, and this week it was Godwin.
2: Yeah, and tough to see. You know, the one thing you can count on Godwin before this was that, you know, they get in the red zone, and he's getting a lot of red zone targets. Uh, not today. It just didn't happen.
4: All right. Uh Wendell Smallwood today, eight carries for 24 yards, but uh, he, two catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. He had a 33-yard catch and run for a touchdown today. But uh, Smallwood's been totally uninspiring as a runner. And then we saw 61 rushing yards from uh, from Josh Adams today. And uh, it looks like Josh Adams, who had a 21-yard run and a 17-yard run, might get a chance to take over as the lead running back here if this team doesn't make a trade within the next two days, which uh, I think they might be after a running back because their running back picture is pretty mediocre.
2: No, they – yeah, I – 100% with you. I I will be very surprised if they don't make some kind of trade by Tuesday for a back. Look, they need to get somebody there that could be established. Josh Adams had a pretty good game. Definitely, you know, this is a guy who's shown flashes uh, in preseason and, you know, had this decent game today, and and maybe he could become that guy, but you need to have somebody there that if you get to a lead, you can ground it out and let that guy carry you so you don't have to give the other team back the ball, and right now now they don't just—they just don't have that player.
4: Peyton Barber today, nineteen carries for eighty-five yards and a touchdown. This was Peyton Barber's second double-figure performance in his last three games. He's got eighty-yard games in two of his last three. He's got caroline and Washington up next uh, on the matchup chart, but. Uh, I still have any confidence in starting Peyton Barber. I actually started Trenton cannon over him today in one league. I, I just look at Peyton Barber and I I say to myself, I can't click active.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And you know, one of the things I didn't get to before you came on, I was talking about some of the players that got hurt today. Uh, his, His backfield partner, for want of a better word. Ronald Jones did leave the game today with a hamstring injury. So, you know, not not that that's a big deal for fantasy owners, except for Chris Ventra. Everybody else has pretty much been, you know, off the Ronald Jones wagon, but uh, the the injury doesn't help. Should help Barber if he can stay healthy. Remember, he was, in, you know, on the questionable list pretty much all week. We weren't sure what he was going to do either. So these guys that Man, it's so hard to trust them when they're on the injury, you know, list all week. Don't in, don't get full practices, and then start. You just don't know what side of the ball they're going to be on.
4: Jalen Rashard with eight catches for fifty yards today, and uh, two catches for fourteen yards. Doug Martin was the leading rusher today for the uh, for the Oakland Raiders, and uh, you know, he actually didn't look too bad carrying the ball. Uh, you know, although this team was, was actually throwing the ball a lot, as, uh, as we pointed out. But, uh, you know, but Doug Martin today, uh, he had 13 carries for 72 yards. But you've got to be careful with Doug Martin, as we've seen in the past. You know, just when you start to think you can depend on him, he'll give you like uh, five carries for 10 yards.
2: Yeah, he, he is going to be – look, even with Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch at the beginning of the year was touchdown dependent, but he was getting the touchdowns. So, you know, that's what we're going to need.
4: out He had some good rushing yardage games.
2: I, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying, but he was touchdown dependent for the most part. Most of those games he got to double digits because he scored. Uh, that's what we're going to need for Martin. There's not going to be a lot of games. I expect him to go over 100 yards. So if he doesn't go over a hundred yards, he's not going to catch a lot of passes with Rashard. There, he needs to score.
4: Well, good luck with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, exactly.
4: Devonte Booker nine ca- ca- nine uh, rushes for seventy eight yards, four catches for twenty three yards. Can he be
2: productive if Royce uh, Royce Freeman continues to sit out? Uh, look, I think he's going to get enough work like this. I, ex- I expected more from him out of the passing game, uh, and yet he turns nine carries into seventy eight yards and saved my DFS lineup in in one of my uh in one of my fifty fifties today. that's all that matters, yeah. It does. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. Uh you know, sometimes you just gotta take a risk on these guys and hope they pay off. And luckily he paid off for me. And you know, I look he he's got some talent in the passing game. I don't expect his rushing numbers to be that good Probably ever again, Uh, but I do expect him to be involved in the passing game as long as Freeman is out.
4: Uh, Speaking of touchdown dependent, uh, Jordan Howard had his most rushing yards since the season opener with 81, and he scored for the second consecutive week. But right now, Jordan Howard, the way he's been playing this year, strikes me more as an RB4 than anything.
2: Well, again, as we get into these heavy bye weeks and, you know, he gets into that, you know, RB3 flex range with so many teams out on bye, especially weeks nine and 11 when six teams are out. So, you know, he's, He's getting more touches. At least we saw the 22 carries from him today. And that was a little bit expected because of the heavy wind. We expected a little bit more of a running game. And that's what we got out of him. Not the greatest yards the carry, but, you know, he got you 81 yards and a touchdown, got you into those double digits, and that's what we needed him to do.
4: David Johnson with 100 yards exactly from scrimmage. Four catches. You know, it wasn't a terrible day, but... You know, he has been in double figures in his last uh six straight games now. But we were expecting more maybe with, with Byron Leftwich as at uh you know, as offensive coordinator, but maybe Leftwich needs to play quarterback. Uh look, David Johnson has not been he's playing like an R B two, but you drafted him as a top three or four pick in a lot of cases, so the results still weren't there today.
2: No, absolutely not. I I did expect a lot more from him today. You know, luckily he got you to 14 points in the PPR league, but it wasn't very pretty. uh, And it really took the entire game to even get there. I did expect more. But, you know, the the positive note is, you know, the one thing we did see is that which was moving him around, had him, you know, flanked out wide a few times, had him in the slot a few times, you know. So that should come to fruition as we move forward just didn't happen in the first week. And a lot of it's going to have to ride on Josh Rosen's shoulders. He's, you know, got to get more productive as a passer.
4: Evan Ingram today with five catches for 25 yards and a touchdown, a garbage time touchdown. uh, But, hey, it still counts in fantasy. But the thing with Ingram is he only has 41 receiving yards in his last two games.
2: No, no, what's even worse is, man, dropped three passes right in his hands today. Um, At one point I tweeted out, you know, uh, what happened here? He forgot how to catch while he was hurt. Uh, you know, just, I mean, literally dropped three passes, one right through his hands. That would have been a beautiful first down. Uh, just no rhyme or reason. Not something we expect from Evan Ingram. Not something he did much of last year. Uh, well, at least he did some in the beginning of the year, not at the end. Uh, you know, I man, he's got to turn that around. It, his numbers would have been so much nicer with those those passes if he had caught them. He needs to get on top of that.
4: Ed Dixon today playing his first game as a Seahawk. Two catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. We've sort of tied in and become somewhat relevant in the Seattle passing game early in the season with Will Disley. Uh, you know, In the past – Dixon, we've talked about him, and then he hasn't produced. He on a third one, he had a 43 yard, uh, you know, catch and run, and then he had the 11 yard touchdown reception. Of maybe somebody you consider for as a bye week replacement.
2: Absolutely, I, I actually told a couple of people to start him today, uh, just that because they were so desperate at the position, um, and it worked out for him. You know, look, Russell Wilson likes to throw to his tight end. Dixon has always been very up and down as a receiving tight end. Can we trust him each and every week? I don't think he can, but, you know, when we get to those bye weeks, if you're desperate, he becomes a viable play.
4: Certainly. Uh, Anthony Miller today, we talked about him as a nifty play. Uh, he did score a touchdown, but only three catches for 37 yards. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't think he's you – know, he did get the end zone today, but – you know, did take have advantage of the opportunity? I, I, I question that he's even rosterable.
2: Uh, again, though, big wins. We don't know what that, how much, that really changed the outcome here of what we were looking at. Uh, at least he got you in the end zone. If you had to play him, yeah. he got you there.
4: But he hasn't really done anything all year, so I, I agree. Think he's rosterable. All right, uh, we'll talk about who else is rosterable. Uh, Is a certain Eagles wide receiver rosterable next on the Fantasy Football Rewind?
5: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 843-6879 The Fantasy Sports Radio Network Your free fantasy source 24 hours a day
4: Alright, back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind Scott Engel and my buddy Jim Day The DailyRoto.com NBA lineup Is now available it means you can now use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL Premium subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. You've heard a lot about DailyRoto.com DFS Optimizer here on the Fantasy Sports Network and how its subscribers are winning tournament prizes on FanDuel and DraftKings in the thousands, hundreds of thousands, and the seven, one, $1 million winners they produced. Well, now we'll... Well, now you can uh, double your pleasure and cash in on the NBA Daily Fantasy Party as well. If you're playing daily fantasy sports and you aren't using the Daily Roto tools, projections, and optimizers, then you're doing it wrong and you're at a competitive disadvantage. So go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and start winning today. DailyRoto.com. The site where millionaires are made. I didn't make anybody today, so.
2: (laughs) I did. I did pretty well.
4: Yeah. It's the ups and downs of playing daily. A few weeks ago, I was very happy, and uh, today I was not at all. All right. Uh, Christian Kirk today. Uh, Three catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's been pretty consistent. He's been scoring in double figures every single week. Uh, the big yardage wasn't there today, but he got in the end zone. It was his second touchdown in his last four games.
2: And it was the game winner for Arizona to come back and beat San Francisco. So you got to love that as well. And, you know, it definitely – we're. We know that Rosen and Kirk, you know, they built up a rapport while they were practicing on the side field, uh, when all the starters were on the, you know, the top field, and these two guys were playing catch all that time, and it's really showed up. And Kirk, you know, has been one of the more consistent rookie wide receivers of this year's class, and. You know, not much you can say. He keeps getting double digits, and that's what you're looking for, uh, especially in that wide receiver three or flex position. And, you know, as long as he keeps doing that, he's got to be in your lineups.
4: Jordan Matthews today had the game that we thought he might have in New England in the preseason. Four catches for 93 yards, uh, his best game of the season. He did have one catch for a 56-yard touchdown uh, back in week four, but nothing to see here, right, Tez?
2: I don't think so. Uh, the only thing this has really done is it really kind of pushed Nelson Aguilar uh, out of the the fantasy pitcher and just not somebody you can trust either. And basically, what they do is they hurt each other, and not become you know at this point, neither one of them is rosterable.
4: Tyler Lockett today, uh, three two catches for twenty four yards, but one was a touchdown, and uh, Tyler Lockett is has six touchdown catches in seven games this year. He had only one game uh over 80 yards. That was in week 5, but Tyler Lockett is consistently scoring. We talked about Russell Wilson's officially efficiency. Tyler Lockett is his number one scoring target.
2: And no doubt about it. I, I mean, look, it like you he- been saying consistently, you know, Baldwin is hurt. His knees are hurt. He's not the same Baldwin we've seen in the past. Lockett is the guy, the one guy that Wilson can constantly, you know, count on to be there when he needs him to be. And, you know, not a big day, you know, receptions or yardage wise, but once again, get you in the end zone, get you to that double digits. That's all we can ask.
4: Tyler Lockett, uh, you know, you look at the game log, though. And the yardage is not there. It's you know, look at the—he's got 37 receiving yards in his last two games. So is this like oh, an yeah. Allen Hearns thing, like uh, where it can't keep up, and maybe you should sell on him?
2: Ooh, um, no, I don't think so. Because look, I expect Russell Wilson to keep getting better as the year goes on, and because of that, I want a piece of it. And if I got Lockett, I'm not giving him up now. I think he gets better.
4: Why do you think Russell Wilson's going to get better fantasy-wise? Uh, the volume is not really going to increase a lot.
2: Well, I, I just, look, he, he's got three touchdowns last three games with low volume. I do think they're going to increase the volume somewhat, or at least let's say I hope they do. Uh, but the reason I expect him to get better is because he's done that pretty much every year. He started out slow, and then the second half of the season he goes off. And I, I'm not taking that away from him now just because he's got a running game. When they get to games he has to win, he's going to win them.
4: All right, fair enough. Okay, uh, Marquise Goodwin today only had one catch for 55 yards. It was, it was a touchdown, and uh, he's, got, he's got three touchdowns in his last three games. He had a quiet week last year, but uh, Marquise Goodwin looking boomer bus right now.
2: Yeah, it's very hard to trust him and a lot of that comes back to Bobby uh, to, I always want to call him Bobby Bethard. Uh, to Bethard, CJ Bethard, you Wrong know. It, it, yeah, he rides Le- with him. Leaves you to
4: call a beat hard. That that joke's <laughs> been uh, you know, drunk yeah, to
2: death. I, I don't do that. Um you know, it, it's just that you know, he start when Beathard came in, you know, first few games, he was pretty damn consistent, putting up good fantasy numbers, getting his wide receivers involved. Since then, he has really fallen off the cliff, and with him, he's taken all his receivers with him.
4: Pretty much. Uh, you know, he, he was looking good a few weeks ago.
2: Yeah, what really was. He was very consistent, uh, putting up, you know, over 20 fantasy points those first few games, uh, doing it well, and just since then, it just hasn't come together.
4: All right, Uh Interesting is Valdez-Scantling. Uh, two catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Valdez-Scantling has scored two of his last three games. Right now, you know, with Cobb staying healthy, we heard absolutely nothing from a Mar- Ger- Geronimo Allison today, which was a big surprise and a disappointment. Is Valdez-Scantling still going to be in the mix of a, too much of a dice roll?
2: I think it's going to be a dice roll, but at this point, if it's going to go like this, I think it's going to be a dice roll for anybody not named Devontae Adams.
4: Yeah, pretty much. It's and then we heard nothing from Geronimo Allison. It's like this. this somebody asked me today, "Is he is he on the field? Is he playing?" And yeah. uh, I said, "Yeah, I just saw him, you know, block."
2: Yeah, it just uh, – I expected more. Look, every other game that Allison started, he was twelve well digits. First one he didn't uh, – like you said, he just wasn't involved in this at all. We even saw Equiminius St. Brown get involved more than he did. So, yeah, its I think it's going to be touch and go going forward. It's going to be whoever's there and whoever Rogers can throw to, he's going to throw to. I, I just don't know if we can count on a lot of these guys outside of Adams.
4: Golden Tate in his revenge game today, seven catches for 50 yards. He got 12 PPR points, but they were killing Golden Tate today, put very physical coverage on him. Golden Tate is the type of guy that can handle it. But there was one point two tacklers were taking him down, and he was, like, waving to the refs uh, to throw the flag while they were dragging him down.
2: (laughs) I I didn't see that play. I I don't know. Yeah. Look, yeah, you, you day seattle's defense came to play today and they weren't really brooking any uh any objections to that they played a good solid game and you know they did what they did i i thought tate had a better game than i expected him to we talked about this this morning you were a little higher on him than i was hey, you know he got you to double digits so it worked out for you but I, I just i didn't even expect him to get to that point
4: yeah it was it's interesting with tate you know when you look look at his game log you know he he hasn't he's he's still, you know, been double figures but all but one game. But the last two weeks he's had uh, you know, just eighty six receiving yards. He's got Minnesota and Cleveland coming up next. If Minnesota's secondary is still banged up, I, I like him. The other funniest moment of the day though is when uh when when uh, Cincinnati was going for the game winning click kick, uh, they showed Ryan Fitzpatrick on the sidelines and he was like trying to like like blow, like uh, he was trying to push the push the kick with you know with his own wind.
2: <laughs> well, he should have been waving his his beard. He might have had a better shot.
4: There you go. All right, Alex Collins today. He did get in the end zone. Eleven carries for forty nine yards. Two catches for fourteen yards. Lost a fumble, but this today this one really wasn't on him. It's just it was a blown assignment, and all of a sudden the defenders were right in the backfield on him, and, you know, and absolutely crushed him. But uh, Alex Collins, almost beautiful. before
2: he got the ball. <laughs>
4: yeah, Alex Collins, beautiful touchdown run today. He, like he he broke one tackle, he spun off another. Uh, it was like a pinball kind of pinball wizard kind of run. But then, you know, they just don't hand him the ball enough consistently. You know, I guess people complain about Kerry and Johnson. I'd like to see Alex Collins get the ball more, but it's just not going to happen. And he's going to continue to be touchdown dependent. You know, he did get a touchdown today, and he's got three in his last three games.
2: And you're right. And, you know, we're seeing him actually start to run with the confidence we saw at the end of last year again. So that, you know, that bodes well for him going forward. But you're right. Eleven touches, you know, very hard for any running back to get into any kind of a, you know, a mood or, or, or a swing going in their game if they're only touching the ball eleven times. It, it just doesn't happen. You, you need to feed them, they the. They did ball fall more behind today
4: that. too. Yeah.
2: but well, I I get that. But you know, still at that point, it, there were times when they were still in this game and he still wasn't touching the ball enough, and they they really need to work on that.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's in his last five games. He's only. Uh, gone above 13 carries once.
2: yeah really yeah, and that's just ridiculous
4: yeah it is robert woods with a little bit of a disappointing day today five catches for 70 yards uh but you'll know, pay if look of 12 ppr points is the floor i would be okay with it though but he was a very popular daily play today
2: yes he was uh you know a lot of people were on top of him and you know Rightly so. It it looked like a great matchup for him. He looked like he, you know, again, with Cooper Cup out, he'd really be that go-to guy there. We haven't been seeing Cooks put up the major numbers he was earlier in the season. You know, he's been fairly consistent fantasy-wise, but not putting up huge numbers. Woods has been doing a lot of the damage, you know, and then it just didn't work out that way. Josh Reynolds with the two touchdowns just really hurt his top floor.
4: Jarvis Landry, one of those unusual receiving lines uh, that we saw from, like, Nelson Aguilar earlier in the season and Stefan Diggs recently, uh, you know, until week eight, you know, when he, when uh, when things started to get better for him. But uh, eight catches for 39 yards, I think we expected better against the Steelers. But sometimes, you know, this is an NFL trend. Uh, you know, you look at Landry and earlier this season against, against – uh, against the Steelers in the opener, seven catches for 106 yards. So sometimes, you know, when a team play faces a guy for a second time in a divisional game, they say, look, he really burned us last time. We can't let that happen this time out.
2: Well, and, you know, they're, they're watching the same trends we are. You know, defensive coordinators are watching what we're watching. And, you know, right now Landry is – in the passing game, basically their main threat, of course, uh, but really up until today was their only threat, because Callahan wasn't doing anything. And you know, you're always going to take try and take that threat out of the game. And Pittsburgh's defense played a good game today. You know, they, they've been giving it up to quarterbacks and wide receivers all year, but they really shut down Baker Mayfield a ton today.
4: Braden Cooks three catches for 74 yards. Here's something interesting. Where did this come from? Don Charles Edmond was the best wide receiver yeah. uh, today for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh it, a little stunning. Uh six catches for fifty-two yards. You know, one of one of them uh you know actually bounced off a helmet and into his hands. Uh we didn't see what this was coming from. Edmund is like out snapped and out rep Chester Rogers the last two weeks, but you know, to me this is his ceiling. I remember when he came a little bit of a hot thing in you know, when he was playing for San Diego and the numbers were pretty much disappointing. Look, Andrew Luck's gonna throw the ball a lot, but you know, they 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 got a they got a lot of uh, mediocre guys uh you know outside of T. Y Hilton here. That's why I think the tight ends are gonna continue to dominate. When you got guys like Ryan Grant and Don Inman, you know, they're just not really that talented for as NFL wide receivers.
2: Totally agree. To- you know, that's why, you know, even in preseason, we were all touting the fact that we expected him to run both tight ends uh, because the tight ends were so much more talented than most of the receivers they have on the team. And I'm with you. I, I still expect both Doyle and Ebron to continue to produce all year.
4: Yeah. I, I wouldn't waste a waiver pickup on Dontrell Edmund. I don't know about you. No,
2: (laughs) no, definitely not. Like you said, I remember the days when he was in in San Diego and everybody was rushing to get him. And then the next uh, four weeks in a row, he put up less than seven total points fantasy-wise.
4: All right, are we we done with this uh, Jordan Reed thing? Uh, Seven catches, yes, but 38 receiving yards. It was only his first uh, double-figure game in, in his last four, and... 10.4 points uh we already heard that the giants give up a lot of yardage but not a lot of touchdowns to opposing tight ends just jordan reed right now is just like at best he's a mid-range tight end too at best
2: yeah he's just not rostable at this point uh for whatever reason him and alex smith don't seem to be on the same page often enough to do any damage and you know it's it's just strange because every other year, it's every time he's on the field, he's he's a great player. It's just he's not on the field often enough. Now he's on the field and he's not producing. It uh, just goes to show you this game, while it may look one way on paper, it doesn't play that way.
4: All right. Uh, Cortland Sutton today, three catches for 78 yards and certainly outproduced Demarius Thomas, who we have rumors about heading to the trade deadline. Uh, then it gets it gets openly denied by the Broncos. But, you know, really nice catch today, one where he high-pointed the ball as well. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I really believe the Broncos, uh, you know, want to get him on the field more. And uh, either one or two things is going to happen. He may overtake Demarius Thomas as the number two wide receiver, or, uh, you know, maybe they just ship him out of town, period.
2: Well, Demaryius Thomas, not Sutton. Uh, And you're right. I I agree with that. There's definitely a possibility of that. Look, this, this is Sutton's third catch of at least 40 yards in his last five games. Um, So he's a big play guy. He's getting them. They need big play guys. Uh, Demarius Thomas has not been a big play guy for them. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they move on from Demarius Thomas, trade him by Tuesday, and then look for Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton to take over that number two and number three role.
4: Yeah, I I was saying uh, in the preseason, I thought Thomas was going to be, yeah, just going to continue to slide more. Uh, You know, the best years are definitely behind him.
2: It sure looks that way to me every time I watch him play. I mean, he still makes a few plays, a few nice catches here or there, but for the most part, it just doesn't look like the same to Marius Thomas at all. Doesn't seem to create the same separation he did in the past.
4: Yeah, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to George Kittle. Five catches for 57 yards. A little bit disappointing, but hey, look. If uh, ten plus PPR points is what you're going to get out of him, and you're going to be disappointed, you know, I'll I'll certainly take it. You know that yeah, that's right. his it, floor. It,
2: it, that's his floor, and you got to love a, a floor of ten points with a you know a tight end because a floor of a ten points and a tight end still means he's a tight end one each and every week.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, Kittle's really established himself, despite all the mess that is, uh, you know, the uh, San Francisco Forty ers and their receiving crew. Now, he well, I, the he minds.
2: Well wait, before you go on, I did hear something interesting uh, about, uh, about this team and what they're doing in San Francisco. I heard today that they actually installed a, an emergency room right next to the locker room
4: Oh, yeah, why? You up the joke? <laughs> I. Know
2: it. Well, that was the joke. Wow. <laughs> half their team is I freaking thought there hurt. was something <laughs> additional <laughs> No, I thought that was enough. <laughs> I don't know.
4: I'm <laughs> not quite feeling it Okay, all right, fair enough Coming up next, another four touchdown uh, Passing game for the Chiefs But unfortunately Somebody was not involved We'll talk about that next as the Fantasy Football Rewind Continues with Scott Engel and Jim Day Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and the Taz, Jim Day. Recapping the week for you. Tyreek Hill, we talked about his groin injury. Three catches for 70 yards today. Uh, You never know what groin injuries, you know, as I've said, sometimes, you know, players may have to determine uh, in warm-ups or through practices what he's going to miss any time. So it's really too early to know.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. You've got to pay attention and see what they tell us tomorrow. And then, of course, the, the Wednesday, Thursday injury report, practice reports uh, are definitely going to be key here.
4: All right. I uh, you know a lot of fantasy players are asking, who the hell is Bo Alley Cox? Yeah. Sounds like an actor, like on a teen show.
2: Yeah, really does. Yeah, Yeah. Right? I could see him on, on you know, Glee tonight, starring Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, yeah. Again, he uh, a touchdown. Another, in, another Indianapolis tight end who catches a tight touchdown. Three tight ends on the Indianapolis scored a touchdown. Just goes to show you. What we were talking about just a few minutes ago, their wide receivers outside of Hilton are so bad that they keep getting the ball to the other tight ends. It doesn't matter who they are.
4: Yeah, that's right. I can hear, this. I can hear the conversation at our home, right, New Jersey. and say, who the hell is Moali Cox? I need Derek Ebron to catch a touchdown pass. Oh, my God, who the hell is Mo'Ally Cox? Is he cute?
2: Yeah, oh, nice. yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> yeah. Nick Chubb. Send 18, all your t- t- send all your angry emails to uh Scott D- King Angle <laughs>
4: <laughs> at <laughs> FantasyTaz.com. Uh Nick Nick Chubb, eighteen carries for sixty-five yards and uh two touch two two rushes, uh, two catches for ten yards. Uh, yeah, you know, just got below ten points, but uh, you know this was a tough matchup, and he's got Kansas City and Atlanta coming up. Yeah,
2: absolutely. The schedule's yeah, going like, to ease up for him. Yeah, I, and didn't like him today. Pittsburgh's run defense has been very good all season long, and Chubb, you know, without really being involved in that passing game. Although we didn't see anything from Duke Johnson again, you know, it, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're not going to throw the ball to Chubb, you got to get Duke Johnson involved, and we just don't see it.
4: Oh come on! That ship sailed five weeks ago, at least. All right, uh, Dante Moncrief with four catches for fifty-four yards. It was his first. Uh, you know, Dante Moncrief does have three uh, double-figure receiving games in his in his last uh, in his last five. He does have one zero. Uh, if you're gonna look at maybe to one Jacksonville wide receiver, he's it.
2: Well, yeah, he's he's definitely you know he's the most targeted. He's, he's you know been the most successful. Uh, Most consistent, hard to say that, but has been the most consistent of them. You know, D.D. Westbrook shows up here. Keelan Cole shows up there. But Dante Moncrief has, you know, been the more consistent of them. Uh, Just hard to say when you talk about Jacksonville wide receivers because of Jacksonville's quarterback.
4: All right. It's time to get rid of Nelson Aguilar. Sold at 66.2% of leagues. Uh, Three catches today for 49 yards. Uh, you know, he has gone over 50 yards just once since week two. Uh, the guy's consistently scoring in single figures. Uh, we love the breakout of the, the Nelson Aguilar, but now he's reverting to 2016 form.
2: Yeah, plus, you know, with Jordan Matthews there taking some of his slot work, which is where he, you know, when he was in the slot last year, that's where he was performing. Uh, didn't perform on the outside before he moved to the slot. Can't really expect him to all of a sudden perform on the outside now. They're using Matthews a little bit more in the slot, and that's just killing his value.
4: Taylor Gabriel had two 100-yard games in weeks four and six, uh, sandwiched around a bye. But uh, since then, you know, we've seen seven catches for, for 78 yards in two games, uh, kind of reminding us that we can't rely on Taylor Gabriel.
2: Uh, yeah, and again today, you know, we we talked about it this morning with the high winds. That's not doesn't fit his game. You know, they need to get him the ball down the field, and you just can't throw the ball down the field when you're countering anywhere from seventeen to thirty mile an hour winds.
4: Well, you know, what fits his game. Blown coverages,
2: and that help, always helps, you. <laughs> yeah,
4: I think the two hundred. That, that helps a shot. lot of wide
2: receivers out there.
4: Emmanuel Sanders four catches for fifty-seven yards. Uh, but he's been really good this season. I, I don't think I'd worry about him. Joe Flacco, we thought he had a good matchup today and he could take advantage of. But 192 passing yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, we've only seen Flacco go above 12 fantasy points uh, once in his last four games. I think Flacco is reverting to uh, who he used to think he was.
2: Yeah, really, you know, beginning of the year, it seemed like he had such a fire lit under him uh, because they brought in Lamar uh, Jackson, and all of a sudden now it, that fire's gone out. Um, you know, he, he did have a decent game in week seven, but around that, the three games around that were terrible, uh, 15 points, 15 points, and then today, 13 points, just he, he's gotten to a you point You must be there. looking
4: at a six six-touchdown passing league.
2: What do you mean? No, no, this is four points.
4: Okay, four points. I'm looking at elevens.
2: Oh, are you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, this, this is normal. I'm, lo- I'm looking
4: at ESPN and a default scoring.
2: Oh, okay. Um, well, I, yeah, okay. So I'm whatever. Not sure it's not what been the good. Is. Yeah, right. It's not been good, and definitely not something you can count on right now, and you know shouldn't be on any fantasy rosters and. You know, if, if they continue to lose, then we're just going to see Jackson come in that much sooner.
4: All right. Uh, moving right along, as uh, one of my teachers used to say. I used to have this strange teacher named, uh, named Harold and uh, in, in media arts, and I used to say, how you doing? And he'd come up with one of two answers. he either say, moving right along, or not as half as good as you.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Character. <laughs> Randall so Cobb, four,
4: uh moving right along
2: <laughs> there
4: you go half as good as you uh Randall Cobb four catches for 40 yards uh he was back today but uh outside of the big game in week one when he's been healthy we really haven't seen anything as much as we love this offense
2: yeah no definitely uh didn't you know, but at least he did more today than Allison did
4: <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> but I think we expect Allison to bounce back or do we
2: I do. I, I really do. I have to think this was an aberration. But, again, you know, they could be wanting to see these rookies and, and see, you know, what they could do. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk early in the season that, that Cobb could be, could have been traded. There's still a chance he could still be traded by Tuesday.
4: All right. Uh, Vance McDonald, three catches for 47 yards. We've been touting this guy, but maybe we have been doing it too much. He hasn't he hasn't hit double figures in three in PPR in three of his last four games. He had the big game against Tampa Bay. Uh, he had a pretty good game against Cincinnati. But maybe we've been overrating Vance McDonald lately.
2: Uh, yeah, I, man, it, it's so hard to get behind this guy. You know, you always got Jesse James there who could steal a, a you know few targets here and there, and just enough to to put a little kibosh on Vance McDonald being the guy and. Yeah, so far, it's been enough to keep Vance McDonald out of, you know, being a tight end one.
4: all on Jeffrey, disappointing day. Four catches for 35 yards. Uh, this is what some people were fearing because of the matchup with Jalen Ramsey.
2: Uh, yeah, not much you could say. I, I expect Jeffrey to bounce back as well. Uh, you know, they they bracket covered him a lot. I mean, they did have Ramsey on him a lot, but they always seem to have a safety around him as well. Um, you know, it's just it, it you're going to hit games like that. You're going to hit stretches like that and it's just going to happen. I expect him to bounce back. He's too good And, now, not and too. now for the big
4: blue commentary, we go to uh Jim Day. Uh four catches for 34 yards for Sterling Shepard today. Uh, he's he's coming off of a big game, but he has single-digit performances in two of his last three in PPR formats.
2: And, you know, I, I mentioned it this morning. I was a little worried about him today, you know, with Ingram back in his second uh, second full game. And, you know, while Ingram didn't put up a good game, he was targeted more than Shepard. And, you know, that that's a concern. Uh, it just Manning doesn't have the time to get to that fourth read. And with Ingram in there, that's what Shepard becomes.
4: All right. Uh, worst game of the year for Juju Smith, Houston. Four catches for 22 yards. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about this, guys. If they play Baltimore next week, I don't care. Uh, you know, still going to roll them out with a lot of confidence.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, he's getting tough. Uh, you know, he, eh, he goes up and down so much... You know, first three weeks he was lights out, looked great, outperforming Antonio Brown, and then Antonio Brown throws the hissy fit, and now Antonio Brown's back to doing Antonio Brown, and all of a sudden Juju Smith, since that week three, only has one hundred yard game, and that was against Cincinnati in week six. Uh, he's only you know got so maybe we overrated Juju lately. I, I think we are. I, it just he's not seeing enough targets since uh, Antonio Brown complained.
4: It's interesting because I traded uh, Juju two weeks ago to get Pat Mahomes. And uh, the guy I traded him to, I played him today and beat him with Pat Mahomes and him using Juju.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. like, did, if you no... want
4: Mahomes, I have to get Juju.
2: Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Juju just doesn't look the same lately. And it seemed like once Pittsburgh got out to a big league, uh, you know, Ben didn't even look his way for the rest.
4: No, he certainly did. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Rewind, uh, Scott Engel and Jim Day. Michael Crabtree uh, is uh, three catches for 31 yards. Uh, Over his last two games, he has nine catches for 97 yards. Michael Crabtree is just good enough to lose with, I feel like, in fantasy.
2: Yeah, (laughs) again... Look, I like Michael Crabtree as a wide receiver. But right now, this offense, Flacco, they're they're just not getting it done. Very hard to to count on. You know, John Brown uh, did nothing again today. It's just hard to count on these guys.
4: All right. Uh, What's one thing I always famously say about opportunities?
2: It doesn't always produce fantasy results.
4: We were talking about Jermaine Kirst this morning, right? And I was saying, I fear for anybody who's recommending Jermaine Kearse. What He just missed the cut of my top 40 in my lineup ranks this week. People were saying, oh, yeah, Curse has to step up. Somebody has to catch the ball. No, somebody doesn't have to catch the ball. Uh, Jermaine Curse three catches for 30 yards. Uh, a perfect opportunity of how... Perfect example of an opportunity doesn't always lead to production. You know, there were a lot of people boosting Curse last week. I was one of them because he had played well at times last year when forced into the role. But that was with Josh McCown, a quarterback. You know, now uh, Sam Darnold doesn't sling the ball all around the yard like like McCown does. And they don't have the same rapport. You know, I think we could stop doing this with Jermaine Curse now.
2: But again, we're, you know, we're talking about the, the one game that had high wins. So, you know, he did get targeted 10 times. But, you know, if you watch the game, that ball was floating all over the place. Uh, you know, when they tried to throw it downfield for any length at all, it was hard. If you got that ball, you know, more than 10 feet off the ground, it, it was flopping all over the place. So, you know, I'm not ready to diss him yet. You know, but we do, there's very good chance that a noon does come back soon. And as soon as that happens, then Curse goes by the wayside anyway.
4: I'll meet you somewhere in the middle. I won't cut the guy just yet, but I'm not putting him in my starting lineup next week if a new one's out.
2: Well, ne- ne- yeah, next week might be the time, though. Six teams on by next week. There's going to be a lot of teams out there scrambling for anybody to put in their lineup.
4: I don't know if I can do a curse again, but Chris Herndon <laughs> has scored three consecutive games now.
2: Yes, he has. Yes, he has. He's uh, he's quietly getting it done, at least in the red zone. And, you know, Darnold seems to like him there. And, hey, he's obviously a thing now. He, you know, I wasn't sure, but three games in a row, hard to, to, you know, push that away.
4: John Brown, just three catches for 28 yards. He is now in single PPR figures in uh, three of his last four games. Guy got off to a blazing start, but now he's really started to cool down.
2: And it goes with the flow. He's cooling down because Flacco's cooling down. Flacco is just not getting those big plays to him anymore, and that's what he needs. You know, John Brown has always been that big play guy. If he's not getting you those big plays, he doesn't get enough receptions or yards to get you enough fantasy points, and that's what we're seeing now.
4: All right. uh, Devin Funches today, disappointing three catches. For twenty-seven yards, uh, Funches was coming off of two consecutive eighteen-plus point performances in PPR.
2: Uh, yeah, it, you know, again, good Baltimore defense, but you know, Carolina out front in this game really beat, put a beat down on Baltimore, and Funches was not part of it. Uh, just didn't expect to see that happen. DJ Moore with the, with the big game out of the receivers, Funches gets nothing. And, I mean, it wasn't even like he got targeted more than that. He only had the three targets. Uh, just don't didn't expect that at all.
4: all right, I don't think the win had anything to do with this. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, 13 carries <laughs> for 25 yards. The most unreliable running back in fantasy football Um uh, he, he he only has uh, he he only has fifty four rushing yards in his last two games. He had two hundred nineteen rushing yards <laughs> in in week in week uh, week four. Since then, he has ninety four rushing yards in three games with no scores.
2: Yeah, he does what he does. This is Crow. This guy is the Devery
4: Um, Henderson of running backs.
2: Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Um, You know, he he gets you all excited with that big, huge game, and then everybody wants to jump on him and go out and get him, and then all of a sudden, like you say, nothing, 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 nothing. And now everybody's going to bench him or drop him. Next week he'll have another great game.
4: Yeah, nothing from nothing means nothing. How does that song go? Nothing from nothing from means no, nothing. No, yeah, there you
2: go, Billy.
4: Something like that.
2: Yeah, there you go. Love that.
4: Who sings that?
2: Uh, Billy Preston.
4: Billy Preston. Oh, wow. Yeah, Look one of my guy. favorites. He, he he knows his old school. That That's for I, sure. Uh, I, saw, I, I, I mentioned Devery music. Henderson and Billy Preston, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go.
4: Showing our age. <laughs> Trey Burton three catches for 18 yards today. Got shut out in the first half, uh, but again, you know, wind was really an issue here, and this guy's very touchdown dependent. Doug Baldwin two catches for 26 yards. There was a lot of optimism that Baldwin would turn a corner last week, but you know, it's it, he just he's running he's running good routes, etc., and he's getting open here and there, but uh, you know. The thing, the thing that made Baldwin so reliable in the past two is every once in a while he's hit a big play and he's just you know he's not hitting those at all.
2: Yeah, really, his yards after the catch have been basically non-existent. He catches the ball and he's pretty much down, and you know you need more than that. And the other thing has always been that you know he's always been good because he's gotten enough. You know, targets and catches every game to give you those points. And with Russell Wilson throwing so little, it's very hard to count on that week in and week out.
4: Yeah, no big plays, no yards after the catch. Uh, One catch for 34 yards for T.Y. Hilton today. Can you buy low on him, or do you think uh, most owners are going to say, okay, one bad game?
2: Hey, I, I definitely been trying to buy low on him right now after this game. I, I think that people overreact to every little thing. There'll, there'll be somebody out there who overreacts to this.
4: All right, don't overreact. Listen to the Fantasy Taz and the King on the Fantasy Football Rewind. You can catch the, catch the Taz 1 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Football Frenzy on weekdays and be at 7 a.m. Eastern on the Roto Experts. See you next time.